1: Hello, good evening. Thank you for listening. I'm Charlotte Greenway and this is episode 103 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast on Friday the 24th of November. An exciting weekend of racing ahead with plenty of national hunt stars on show here in England and Ireland and also the world's highest rated flat horse looks like he'll be making his final racecourse appearance in Japan. We'll take a look at all three jurisdictions in this episode, starting with Ascot in the UK, which is where Harry Cobden has been sent by his boss, Paul Nicholls, for a strong book of rides. However, this does mean that he'll miss out on what would look to be the plum ride aboard Brave Man's game in the Grade 1 Betfair chase at Haydock tomorrow. More to come on that later, but first, here's Harry with more on those he will ride tomorrow.
2: I've got four nice rides on Saturday. Um, that would uh, that would all have good chances. So I'm um, really looking forward to them. Uh,
3: the, the obvious one then, um, and 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 he's going up against sort of a, an old foe now in the form of Shishkin. How, how does or h- how do you approach the race of Pictori? Well, um, I actually watched um,
4: I watched the last time they clashed at Ascot last night,
2: and I was sat there. Trying to trying to work out how I'm going to um, crawl call back sixteen lengths, but um, I, I've got a plan in my head. I know that um, Paul has managed to get loads of work into Pictor, and he hasn't missed a day, and he's ready for his life. Um, mm. So I'm so I'm hoping that we're um, we're as fit and as ready as that as we're going to be. Um, I'm sure Nicky is exactly the same but we've just got to
5: try and have a go so uh, I
3: don't think we'll be hanging around too much. Right so uh, interesting do do you I mean it feels like you're saying that you know both both of those horses at at 100% um your horse yeah. is is going to struggle to to win but I you know I've I had the impression hearing from from Paul um, sort of in the build-up to this season, and Nick has referenced this that sort of you know Pickdory and Brave Man's game might not have as much between them as, as as people have in their minds. I mean, do do you feel that that Pickdory has to take a real step forward this this year to to go in at the at the very top level?
2: Well, he was obviously very good in the melling Chase last year, but at the same time there was no Brave Man's game, shiskin or. Um, real real champion in the race was there so um if I was putting put my hand on my heart pick Dory has to step forward officially on handy he rated, I think he's got 10 or 11 pounds to find with Shiskin on Saturday um so I'd be kidding myself if um if he didn't have to step up you know um hopefully he's a bit older and stronger this year so there um could be a little bit of improvement there but um you know on all known form, and you know you're looking through Pi Pitt-
3: Dory's form and Shiskin's form, he has to step up mm. so uh, just on the the coral hurdle and, and blue King Doru, I guess it looks as though he has to step up as well, but he's he's certainly got age on his side
2: he has um uh, just looking at the race, I didn't think it was the the, the, the strongest um strongest ever race um you know. It's A lot of prizes on offer, isn't there? And I think um, you know, if he puts his best foot forward, um, he he could be right there.
3: Straight to brave man's game. Who, obviously, I mean, you're going to be sad not to be partnering. But how do you? How much do you think he's going to have come on for Weatherby?
2: Massively. I was looking at the looking at the race this morning, um, and I actually spoke to Paul about it when I was in the yard this morning. And you know, he basically asked my opinion and what I thought. I think he's obviously the best horse in the race. He's the highest-rated horse in the race. I don't think the track will be a problem. He's won round there before. I'm certain the trip's not an issue. Um, he'll, he'd will have come on a lot since, um, since Weatherby, so um, I think he's very much the horse to beat. And, um, you know, only the four runners in the race, that'll be right up his street. So, um, yeah, looking at him, he's... Uh, I think he should I think he's a very worthy favourite and I wouldn't want to ride any other horse in the race.
3: Couple of quick questions. How tired was he at the last at Weatherby?
2: Um, he'd obviously just blown up probably fifty yards before the last. Um and that was why he made that mistake. We didn't go that quick on the way around and then we sprinted from the start of the straight. Um we sprinted from the from, from the from the top of the straight down over the last few and just had a little blow before the last. He didn't actually have a massively high race because I hung on to him the whole way. Um some would say I should have kicked on, but I know for a fact looking back, if I kicked on earlier, the Great Horse would have only beaten me further because I'd have blown up earlier quickly, mm-hmm. you know. So um I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna take any flack for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Citizels one on the day and probably not the best one. Um, so, but, but that's put him spot on for that's put him spot on for Um, paid up. um So he certainly won't be needing the run there.
3: Is there any part of you that is worried about that monster battle in in the Gold Cup last year that 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 might have taken the edge off him this season and going forward, or not? Do you think he he, he can be right back to that level again?
2: Um, I know he's right back. I saw him I saw him in the week and I've never seen him look so well. Uh he was actually doing a few canters and he was bucking and squealing a couple of days ago, going around the going round the loop as he'd done his first four canters and he was just about to do his next four and um his run at Punchestown to me suggested that the that the gold cup didn't take all that much out of him because he ran incredibly well there. I know what caught him out at Weatherby, um you know, if if he was 110 there, he, he 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 would have won that day. And um, I know he can go form going into
1: this race. Tomorrow's Betfair Chase at Haydock looks set to be another Grade One chase with a disappointing turnout, with only four declared. Brave Man's game is the odds-on favourite. Protector at last year's winner is available at around 9-4. Royal Pagais at nines. And last season's grand national hero, Corrick Rambler, is currently around 11-1. The man who takes over the reins from Harry Cobden aboard Brave Man's game is set to be Daryl Jacob, who of course used to be Paul Nichols's number one jockey. And Nick spoke to him at the beginning of the week to get his reaction to this news.
6: Yeah, look, it's hugely exciting. Um, like you say you know me and Paul have, you know we've always had a, you know we've, we've always gone on great we've all you know I mean for many many years since I've been coming over here I've been right now for Paul and I always have done you know even when you know, with Simon and Isaac, my relationship with Simon and Isaac, I've always been down at ditch every now and again. And, uh, you know, obviously with Simon and Isaac, not having many horses in, in England um, this year, you know, the opportunity to go down there once a week or twice a week and ride out from, um, you know, it was, it was something that I was really looking forward to doing and just sitting on some, some wonderful horses that he has.
0: And um, this being one of his most high profile ones, how did you find him when you rode him today?
6: oh he was he was lovely just like you know them them special horses um, you know they just have a special way of going about him you know he's, he's a very very balanced horse he's very neat but very powerful um, and he's a very very professional horse and uh, you know going around the ring there I jumped quite a few jumps on him going around the ring there this morning and uh, you know it, it was a real buzz um you know and it was really exciting to uh, you know just to, to have even have the opportunity to sit on him at home there this morning it was something that uh, i was relishing and uh, you know i was like a, i was like a kid going into a, a candy shop for the first time i was uh, i just couldn't hide my excitement about uh, sitting on him and you know hopefully but potentially if the you know, if the weather is right, you know, hopefully he might, it might stay dry for the week and he might line up at at um, Haydock on Saturday.
0: Uh, and you look at the race and you look at his last run, I mean, do you share Paul Nicholls' view that he, he's he got a fair chunk of um, progress in him from that, from that Weatherby seasonal debut? Yeah, of course
6: you do. I mean, look, at, I've ridden for Paul for, you know, God knows how many years, you know, and and, and Paul's an absolute genius with a horse you know he had horses have their gold cups and yes he obviously would have liked them to go to to Weatherby and win but you know he always leaves horses you know for for you know to improve and you know when they've got their gold cup they're ready for their gold cup and you know Paul obviously you know left them with plenty to improve on him and you know when I was going around the school ring there this morning you know he was he was as fresh as paint and you know he was bucking and throwing shapes, going around the place. So, you know the horses obviously mentally and physically he's in a really, really good place at the moment. And but that's just what Paul does. He's just an absolute genius at producing horses and improving horses for whenever their their, their goal cup is. And and maybe he feels this year, you know, this is this is the plan that he wants to go. He wants to go for the Betfair and then go straight and have him 100% ready for the for the King George.
1: Protectorat was very impressive in last year's Betfair Chase. He beat Eldorado Allen by 11 lengths on soft ground. It should probably be a similar surface tomorrow. So Nick put a call into his trainer, Dan Skelton, this week and asked, Will he win again?
0: Yes. By how far? Uh, that's irrelevant. Why are you so confident?
7: Um, I'm just really happy with the horse and if you can't be confident in your own horse when you're seeing all positive things and you know, don't forget we've got a great barometer because we won it last year and we know how he was going into the race last year and what he did, how we got to the point and everything's gone beautifully this year. So, you know, I've gotta go there full of confidence. I've got to go there thinking he'll win and yes, of course, you know, at the eleventh hour things have been made a little more complicated by Brave Man's Game's uh, appearance in the race. But, you know, I was still, you know, we will still run our race whether Brave Man's Game is there or not. And I think when we run our best race, fresh, I, I
0: think we're we're a very formidable opponent for anyone. Uh, also, are, uh, plus Brave Man's Game, but minus Shishkin. So, you know. You...
7: Exactly. Swings and roundabouts, that sport. Um, I think the ground will be very hard work, which, you know, we, we our, our horse is not a, you know, it's not averse to um and this has been his plan a b and c so you know there's no you know this is we haven't changed anything that we're doing we we've not switched i'm not i'm not talking you know i'm not sort of talking behind uh, behind a smoke screen here going well you know you know paul's team have changed their mind and come to this race i'm not saying that what i'm saying is is that we have you know never deviated from what we're doing and you know that is a great way to train a horse is is to know exactly what you're doing where you're going and then to have the uncontrollables in your favour, i.e. ground and things like that, is, is, is just a, it's just a bonus. Um, so we're very happy with where he is.
1: Royal Pagai loves Haydock, he loves soft ground, and so Nick asked Rich and Susanna Ritchie's racing manager, Joe Chambers, this week whether he thinks he's capable of putting it up to the big two. Uh,
8: probably not. Um... But he's got a better chance of getting his ground at Haydock than he, by the looks of things, he does at Newbury uh, in a week's time. So, Newbury and uh, the Coral Trophy was kind of our thinking for the last couple of months. And it was looking as though the Betfair was going to be a deep race, um, especially with the Irish entries. Um, obviously, a number of those ran in Down Royal a couple of weeks ago. So, the Betfair is cut up. It's. You know, soft, good to soft in places there. Newbury's kind of drying out. Um, And so, you know, a smaller field and uh, around a track that he likes, we thought we'd take our chance there and kind of get a season going and and figure it out after that.
0: All right, possibility that he could go King George's and Gold Cups again or do you try something different?
8: Um, I I think Venetia would love to have a go at Aintree uh, and, uh, and, and, and the Grand National and maybe work back from there whether that means... He'll go to Chepstow first or not? I don't know. I suspect he'll have an entry anyway, um, but I think she'd probably want to go out and trip. Look, I, I'm not sure. You know, his race one sixty, Brave game is one seven two, and Protector at one six six. The handicap pretends to be correct on these Grade one horses, particularly when they're, um, you know, a couple of years out of novice companies. So um, I suspect uh, handicaps are probably where he will um, he will have his best chances this season. And I'd say we might even go to Haydock and um, try and win a third Peter Marsh at some point.
0: And of course, Gaelic Warriors a horse who could be one of the best novice chasers in in Britain or Ireland uh, come, the, come the end of the season.
8: I hope so. Um, Rich and Joe were quite vocal about wanting to go novice chasing after he won the grade one at Punchestown back in um, April. And Willie was adamant he was going hurdling. And lo and behold, here we are at the end of November and he's going novice chasing. So um, I'm not going to say we, we managed to turn the unturnable, but um, Willie certainly changed his mind um two mile two probably short enough for him but it is right-handed um and uh you know everyone seems very happy with his schooling we know there's a good engine there and um hopefully he can take the drop back and trip okay and we'll probably look to extend him in distance as the season goes on we'll also run the second reclamation project called figure in that race and similar to food of brazil kind of see where we had with him thereafter
0: and you've got hard at punchestown
8: as well yeah, he was a short-priced favourite for Handicap Chase at the Punchestown Festival and, uh, and tipped up. So I think there's an engine in there. He's been a little bit hot-headed. and um, But I'd like to think that if we can get a clean run with him, he'll be able to land one of these decent Handicap Chase pots as the season goes on um, and possibly maybe even improve for a trip out to three miles at some point. So it's good to finally um, get some runners for uh, the various entries that have been stacking up over the last month.
1: Well, Gaelic Warrior is definitely one of the most exciting recruits to the chasing ranks, and I'm sure that a lot of eyes will be on him at 12.48 tomorrow at Punchestown. He is, of course, trained by Willie Mullins, who looks like he's got a big weekend ahead. And when Nick spoke to the maestro of Close Sutton this week, he asked whether he believes that this weekend his season really kicks off.
5: Yes, they're just coming along nicely, Um, you know, The big races coming up so we're uh, horses seem to be fine and um, fingers crossed they just stay that way now for for the rest of the the season and we get going properly
0: I was reading in the paper today you you earmarked the John Durkin for Gallup from a long way out What, what appeals to you about it so much why was that the sort of perfect departure point for the season two and a half miles
5: it's just um it's always a nice race the, the the winter is always sort of autumn is common, winter bro- breaking and ground is usually nice so and safe so i'd rather aim there and um you know you're always sure of getting uh nice conditions there
0: and how is he
5: seems fine seems fine and it,
0: it, do you think he can run his his best race this weekend or is it is it is it a building block I hope it's only a building block. And who might keep him company from Sutton Have you decided who's going to run? Because you've got loads of entries and you've run multiples yeah. in this before.
5: Most of, most of them will run because you know there are very few other options for them And so that so it's nice to get them out and it leaves us free then for Christmas. They've moved the John Durkin back a week which uh, I think is a big it's a big well it's better than what it used to be because um, a week later you just uh, you're uh it tightened up christmas it, it was sort of in the first week in december and um for those sort of chasers having their first run back you know they need a little bit more time after their first run i think to to get ready for the second run so
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're
5: happier where it is in the calendar i think um and uh, you know it might be better for racing more broadly
0: yeah, so it's, it's a it's a terrific racing prospect. I mean, you if you run a horse like Blue Lord, you're giving Galopandeshal quite a quite a decent test in terms of a, quite a pacey horse against him, aren't you?
5: Yes, yeah, but you know, the, you're going to if you're going to run in Group One Grade Ones, you're going to um, have that anyhow. You know, so all these all these um, uh, all these races are they're meant to be that way. OK, well, we're looking forward to seeing him, looking forward to seeing Man as well. He's
0: going to be the runner in, in the Morgiana uh, at the weekend.
5: That's right, yes, yeah, he's in good shape, did a nice little bit yesterday.
1: Fast or slow, the horse who at 20-1 to one, managed to beat Galapandes in the Punchdown Gold Cup at the end of last season will be renewing the rivalry in Sunday's John Durkin and his trainer Martin Brassel spoke on this week's podcast about how he's been training in the lead-up.
4: Very happy with him, Nick. Uh, everything's gone smooth so far anyway. So I haven't had any hold-ups or hiccups. So uh, looking forward to getting him out for his first run.
0: Now, you've had so much time to reflect on it now. I mean, do you look at that, that end, glorious end to last season as absolutely the natural curve of his improvement? Or do you see a little bit of end of seasonitis with it? How do you look at it?
4: Well... There was, there's a certain element of a natural curve of improvement but also like I would have been looking at reruns of his opposition uh, in Cheltenham and that and I just felt that uh, little horse. anyway uh, he tied up in the last sort of half a Furlong in the Gold Cup and the winner had a tough enough race and I just felt that you know it might improve our chances of finishing closer to them when he was running in the gold cup in punches down so um uh, you know that's just the way it worked out but uh they'll be all starting on a on a on a level plate now uh, having had a nice break and freshened up recovered from all their season so um i suppose that i haven't run him on what's going to be possibly close to heavy ground and um three miles seems to bring out the best in him as well so look, he has to start off somewhere and with christmas in mind um i need to get him out he 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 definitely improves with each run
0: okay so it's a a nice starting point for him trip too short maybe the ground a bit too soft but you need to get going somewhere you say christmas is the is the race at leopardstown at christmas the the main primary target
4: that's the target. Um, at, I'm sure Gallop and Le Champ will be turning up there as well and plenty more. So, uh, no good. We'll, we'll, we'll have to back up our punches down effort and uh, I'd say we'll probably have a better chance of backing it up at Christmas maybe rather than Sunday. But at the same time, I'd expect him to run his usual solid race.
0: And of course, we're not even factoring in the fact that he hasn't really got much mileage on the clock, and he's only a seven-year-old, so he should, by rights, just be kind of coming into into his prime. Are there signs to you that he could be better now than he was when we last saw him? Just a fundamentally better, stronger, more more able horse.
4: Well, there's every chance he is. Like he, he seems to be getting stronger with each uh, with each season. Um, like he's come back in now, and he's had. To get plenty of graft into him to get him to this stage, so he's a horse that I'd say, however, however, features get him at home. The um, competition and racing is going to just uh, sharpen the pencil a bit more
1: now switching codes to the flat and heading to the other side of the world to japan where equinox the highest rated flat horse in training looks like he could be set for his swan song in sunday's japan cup at tokyo racecourse he's been sublime this year and throughout his career and if this is to be his last start, I hope he goes out in style. His jockey, Christophe Lemaire, has given him some bold and daring rides with his confidence in the horse clear to see. And he spoke to Nick on Thursday about how much this horse has captured the imagination of the Japanese public.
9: Um, you know, he's, he's a beautiful, dark horse. Uh, his stride is, is just uh, amazing. And I think uh, the... The Japanese public um, get uh, very touched by his attitude and uh, his, uh, per- his performing on the track. So after winning five group ones, uh, he became a- also very special to the public. Uh, Everybody wa- is waiting for, for his race. Um, I wouldn't say he's, uh, has popular or, or made, um, uh, or had, has, uh, the same impact than deep impact, uh, himself, uh, <laughs> a few years ago, maybe not yet, but, uh, he's on the way to the most respected horses, uh, ever in Japan, like, Almond Deep Impact Oguri Cap uh, or T M Operaho. Ho. Um, he is going to become uh, a very high, high, uh, uh, high-rated horse in Japan because he has everything uh, that race horse can can have. Uh, I mean, his uh, his speed, his stamina, his mental uh his way of galloping uh i used to say that almondai was uh, was a nearly perfect horse but uh, equinox is also a uh, kind of perfect horse and for for a jockey uh it's a great advantage to have a horse who reacts uh, very well when you ask him to to go faster when you ask him uh, to to settle during the race and uh, for me, uh, there's no difficulties to, to ride him. So it's a, a real pleasure to be to be on board.
0: And you're drawn next to the Phillies Triple Crown winner uh, who looks quite special, Liberty Island. Is she your main danger, do you think? Or are some of those older hard knocking horses that we know quite a bit about and have been around for a little while, are they more of a threat?
9: Yes, Liberty Allen will be the, the main rival, in my opinion. Uh, she was dominating this year. Um, she had no rivals uh, in her generation. Um, she has shown a lot of class, uh, brilliant, uh, strong acceleration uh, in the straight. And um, she will have the advantage to carry four kilos less than Equinox. Uh, which is a, a big advantage. Um, she's a very classy filly, strong, powerful, uh, an easy ride. And Yuga Kawada, which is also a very good jockey with a lot of confidence this year, he will give her the, the best run for sure. So in my opinion, she will be the, the main rival. Um, yes, yeah, some, some tough horses in the field, but I think Equinox and uh, Liberty Island are on a different uh, level.
1: Last year's Japan Cup winner Vera Azul was set to be ridden by Ryan Moore until he had a nasty fall coming out of the stalls at Kyoto last weekend. And so now Holly Doyle has come in for the ride. And here's what she had to say when asked about how exciting it is to be handed an opportunity like this. Yeah,
10: extremely excited. You know, I was looking very doubtful that I'd I'd have a ride in the japan cup obviously rides are booked um very far in advance out here and i didn't have one but um unfortunately runs um had to go home so I, I hope he's okay but um i've picked up his his spare ride um, obviously he, he's a previous japan cup winner last year um I, I was actually there when he won and he's just such a breathtaking animal to look at and um i mean i feel like last year's japan cup was a muddling muddling race as such the pace wasn't very strong and the way he did it impressed me um very much but um obviously he hasn't done a whole lot since so he's got a, a bit to prove coming back this year um do you know what i only found out um late last night that i'd had the ride and i rode out this morning and um i haven't spoken to any connections so i haven't been informed of anything really um i've done my homework on the horse and watched all of his his runs and you know found out as much as i can about him but i've been given no information as, as of yet it's just um a great opportunity for carrot farm to put me up who have been my sponsored owners um on this trip so obviously i want to kind of um keep things going forward with them and um like like you said if i can get him to run a good race that will
1: be a huge step in the right direction and um he's got all the ability in the world so there you go, plenty of action to keep you busy over the next couple of days. And Nick will be back with you as usual on Monday morning. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.
0: You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.